Uh, I was reading on the news this morning that hopefully they'll still be um, able to keep uh, the 21st of June date, um, but they might extend that to the 5th of July. Did you guys read news this morning? Apparently it's 50-50. So we'll see how it goes. Hopefully we won't have to um, limit these numbers in our, in our building for much longer. And uh, it'll be great just to welcome everybody. If you're watching us home or you're watching the rebroadcast of this sermon on our YouTube channel later on, I want to encourage, I want to welcome you as well. And uh, if you are watching this, can I encourage you to book in for next Sunday? Pastor Grayson will be with us. Pastor Grayson taught me when I was in Bible college. So uh, it's great to, to work alongside somebody who was your teacher once upon a time. That feels like a long time ago, but it's great that we get to work together now. He's a great friend of ours, great friend of the church, an incredible man of faith. And uh, he, uh, he, has, uh, he has some incredible stories of how God has used him, touched him, his family. He's got four kids and a dog. Um, and uh, all four kids are in the church serving. I'm not sure if the dog is, but knowing him, perhaps maybe the dog's on, on some sort of rotor in church as well. So it'll be great to have him with us. So um, bring a friend. If you know somebody who usually um, needs a reminder to book in, send them a text to say, hey, Sunday will be a good day to be at church. That will be great. <clears throat> we're continuing with our faith series. This is something that we're going to do till the end of June. Hands up if you've been enjoying it. Hands up if you've got something out of it. If it's been inspiring you to, 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 to walk closely with God, it really has encouraged me. And uh, I want to thank God for the stories like we heard from Johnny and Hannah earlier on of uh, how the Word of God is changing and affecting lives. And as Paul said a moment ago, the entrance of God's Word brings light. And uh, wherever light is, darkness isn't. And uh, so we are grateful for the Word of God um, uh, that is being preached uh, here. Um, we uh, are going to read two verses from the Bible today. That's all. It's going to come up on the screen uh, in a moment. But before I, I bring those verses up, I'm one of those people that have always struggled uh, when someone's asked me, do you have a favorite color? You know this, that question, do you have a favorite color? Do you have a favorite film? Do you have a favorite song? Do you have a favorite holiday location? Ever since I was a kid, I've always struggled to pick a favorite because I was like, I have, I have a bunch of favorite songs. I have a bunch of favorite uh, things that I like. But whenever it comes to a favorite verse in the Bible, I don't think I have one favorite. But if I did, I think this one would be really, really close. And this is what it says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4. By faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith, Abel still speaks even though he is dead. By faith, Abel still speaks even though he is dead. By faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. And by faith, he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith, Abel still speaks even though he is dead. Do we have a Genesis a verse up there. If not, I'll read it here. If we don't, that's fine. Genesis chapter 4 verse 4 says, Abel also brought an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering. Let's pray for a moment and I want to share with you some thoughts on a faith that creates a legacy. Let's pray and ask God to bless our time together. Father, we are so grateful that we get to be together in church. We thank you that where two or three are gathered, you are there. I give you praise in advance for what you are about to do this morning. Thank you for mindsets that are shifting. Thank you for bodies that will be healed. Thank you for lives that will be set free. Thank you for legacy that will be triggered. Thank you for lives that will be blessed. We thank you that the entrance of God's word brings light. And wherever there is darkness in our mind, in our thinking, in our marriage, in our relationship, in our health, we declare in Jesus' name, it checks out today. And light manifests in every area of our life. We thank you that your word says that we can arise and shine because our light has come and the glory of God has risen on us. So today we pray, let our light shine bright and let it shine brighter than ever before. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to read again uh, uh, the first verse, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4. By faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous 
when God spoke well of his offerings and by faith Abel still speaks even though he is dead. Not Abel's, Abel's voice, not Abel's offering. Abel still speaks even though he is dead. Is it possible to still speak even when somebody is dead? The Bible thinks so. The Bible is pointing to a fact that we can speak after our funeral is over. One day, those of us who love us and who miss us will gather around our coffin, sing a few songs, pray and bury us into the ground and they will cry and weep for a few days, maybe a few weeks, even a few months. After a while, our memories will still start to fade over time because that's what happens. That is not just people being bad. That is just human nature. But the Bible points out in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 4 that even though we are dead, there are times when dead people still speak. Dead people still speak. How? The Bible gives us just one clue. By faith. Faith can cause us to speak even after we are dead. By faith, God brought, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith, Abel still speaks even though he is dead. One of the things I love about faith is that when I embrace faith, it goes beyond my grave. It goes beyond the time I have here on earth. What I love about faith is that when I put my trust in Jesus, Jesus Christ. I am not just living for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years or 40 years. I'm living for a legacy that will impact this world for years to come. People may not know my name. People may not remember what I've done. People may not even know the names of my kids. But when you embrace a life of faith, you make such a difference that other people cannot make. You see, we live in a world where we are filled with people who call themselves influencers or the media calls themselves influencers. And your influence is measured by how many times your name comes up when you do a Google search. Your influence is measured by how many hashtags are attached to your name. Your influence is me- measured by how many followers you have on Instagram. Your influence is measured by how many people buy your product. But the Bible points to an influence that is greater than the influence that the world measures or the media measures. That's not to say that is wrong. It is good to have influence in the media. It is good to have influence in places of power. Even throughout the Bible, you find God positioning people like Daniel, like Shadrach, like Meshach, like Abednego, like Joseph, prime ministers, kings, presidents, finance ministers, people who had incredible influence in the world today. And that's not to say having followers on Instagram is wrong. Those are good things to have. If you have such a platform, make sure your voice is heard. But if you're here today and you're saying, man, I don't have any of that. I don't have a position. I don't have power. I don't have a job. I don't even have an Instagram account. I don't even know what a hashtag is. I know what hash browns are. I'm just getting my head around what hashtags are. And if you are one of those people, I will have a word for you today. And the word is this. When you live by faith, you begin to do something in the atmosphere. You begin to do something about your legacy that is greater than anything that social media marketing or starting a business or running for office can provide. Because when you live by faith, you create a voice that speaks way beyond your time on earth and I'm grateful that you and I can come to a place like this where we can express our faith in Jesus and when we express our faith in Jesus I want to say to you you are making a difference in fact you are making more of a difference than you realize you think this is just something that you do because you've got no time no nothing else to do on Sunday no we could be anywhere right now on a Sunday but you chose to be here because faith is important to you and I want to tell you that is a smart choice that is a good choice. That is a wise choice above and beyond all of that. It is a choice that will create legacy. This here is better than building a business. This here is better than running for office. This here is better than creating an incredible following on Instagram because when we live by faith, you are given a voice that speaks way beyond your time, your children's time, and even your children's children's time. By faith, Abel still speaks even though he is dead. By faith. He's still speaking today. 
Now, I want to encourage you, if that was true in the Adamic covenant, this was not under the law, this was not under judges, this was not under kings, this was under the Adamic covenant. Adamic covenant was a covenant where God had an agreement with his people uh, that uh, he would love them, care for them, lead them. But you and I here are not under an Adamic covenant. You and I are here under a better covenant. It is called the covenant of his son, Jesus Christ. What is this covenant based on? This covenant is based on the fact that Jesus died in your place, was buried in your place, was risen again in your place. He is seated at the right hand of the Father in your place so that when he died, we died. When Jesus was buried, we were buried. When he rose again, we rose again with him. And we are now seated at the right hand of the Father with him in heavenly places. So every person who has faith in Jesus is not unilocational. We are bi-locational. What that means, you have a location. You are here in Bury St. Edmunds, Oaks road beacon church right now but there is another location that you are in right now it is called the right hand of the father seated in heavenly places and if abel had a legacy that went beyond his grave under the adamic covenant you and i who are under the covenant of jesus christ because you have chosen jesus you have made one of the wisest decisions you've ever made you have a greater influence than any president any king any instagram influencer can ever have because if that was the influence under an adamic covenant Think about your influence. Think about my influence. Long after you're gone. Long after your funeral is over. Long after people have forgotten our name. You will know that it was good for you to trust in Jesus. It was good for you to prioritize faith. It was good for you to take risks and follow Jesus. People around you may not have understood you. People may around you may have even persecuted you. But you will have the last laugh when you will stand and say, It was good for me to trust Jesus. It was good for me to follow God. It was good for me to be in the house of God on Sunday. It was good for me to worship Jesus. It was good for me to listen to the word of God. If you are here today and you have put Jesus first, you are not a loser. There's wisdom in that choice and legacy will be born as a result of the faith that is in your life. Even though he is dead, he still speaks. He still speaks. He never led a business he never had influence. He never had Instagram followers. In fact, shortly after he brought his offering, his own brother killed him. He was murdered. But guess what? He's still speaking today. And I want to encourage you, do not follow the patterns of this world to see whether you're making a difference or not. Especially people who are, are tuned into the news and what's happening in the world today. You can live with a, such a sense of worthlessness. When you say, what difference am I making? How many followers do I have? Actually, they've even medically diagnosed it that certain people are suffering depression because they're finding their value and their worth by the number of likes that people have on their Facebook post or the Instagram post because all of a sudden the world has told us what influence looks like, what making a difference looks like and some of you are sitting here today thinking I'm wasting my life, I'm not making a difference, who really wants me, who's really calling out to me, how many people am I touching or reaching, I want to encourage you, those are wrong thoughts, those are wrong patterns of thinking, if you want to make a difference, do this one thing, put Jesus first, you will make more of a difference than you will ever realize in your life and if you can't speak like other people, sing like other people, launch a business like other people, run for office like other people. If the only thing you can do is put your faith in Jesus, I want to encourage you. You have done more than you ever realized because it's making a difference in your life, in your family, and in the world to come. Even though he is dead, he still speaks. By faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. And by faith, he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith, Abel still speaks even though he is dead. <clears throat> Let's go to the next slide if we can. I want to encourage you to look at some of the things that uh, the legacy of faith that Abel brought. So this is what happened. Abel brought an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering. Let's go to the next slide. Here is what happens when you decide to be part of legacy and a faith offering. Faith offering is the amplification of your voice. 
A faith offering is the amplification of your voice. Every person that's been involved in the faith offering, I hope this encourages you. And if you've not been involved, I want to hope that this inspires you to get involved. A faith offering is the amplification of your voice. Now, why is it important to have a voice? In the beginning, the Bible says that God created the heavens and the earth. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. The Lord said, let there be this. And there was this. And the Lord said, let there be that. And there was that. In other words, the first time God spoke, he was not communicating. He was creating. The first time God spoke, he was not communicating, he was creating. In other words, the primary use of your voice, because you too are made in the image of God, the primary use of your voice is not just to communicate with your friends, your husband, your wife. The primary use of your voice is to create. We have lost something of that because we think our voice is needed to communicate. And by all means, that's why your voice is there. It is used to communicate. But there is something else that you and I need to be aware of when it comes to our voice. And the fact is our voice is also used to create. And that is why the Bible has verses like this. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. If you have been redeemed, say it. Why should we say it? If God knows he's redeemed and if God knows I'm redeemed and if I know I'm redeemed, if God knows I'm his child and if I know what I'm I'm his child, why do I need to say it? We say it because every time we speak, we are creating. We see that throughout the Bible that anytime God wanted to do something new he began to create and that's why we encourage when the word of God is being preached he encourage you to respond and say yes that's for me amen come on I felt that you, we encourage you to do that I mean we're for a church that does that all the time and we look subdued right now just because we've got masks on and there are a few restrictions against shouting but just you wait till we get to July when the word of God is being preached and when the word of God is being exalted and the name of Jesus is being exalted you will find people saying yes amen that's for me I have faith and that's me you'll see people clapping you'll see people shouting you'll see people fist pumping you'll see people standing up and receiving the word of God what are we doing we're not trying to create a vibe or an atmosphere what we are doing is we're activating faith because our voice is what creates our future and that is why the most important voice you need to listen to is not God's it's not mine it is your own voice because God's always been speaking and it's not a matter of whether God is speaking it's what are you saying to yourself God can say you are forgiven but if you say to yourself I'm useless then what's the point of God's saying God can say you're a child of God but if you say to yourself no I'm an orphan nobody wants me God can keep saying all of that but you've got to be speaking faith into your own life and one of the ways you can speak faith is by bringing an offering because an offering the Bible says amplifies the voice you offer already have and that's why many times when I bring an offering I don't do it silently even if I'm just doing it on the phone when I'm bringing that offering I say this is going to bless me this is going to bless my son Judah this is going to bless my son Anna my children will serve God they will be mighty in the land today I will attract favor today I am who God says I am if Jesus says I'm forgiven I am forgiven if Jesus says I'm loved I am loved even if people reject me Jesus has accepted me so I will walk in acceptance and not in rejection why because you're voice is creating your future. Your life is traveling in the direction of your strongest thoughts and whatever your thoughts are is what will come out of your mouth. The Bible says it this way, out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. So if I want to know what your heart is full of, I've just got to listen to your words because your words determine where your life is heading and I want to encourage you as followers of Jesus Christ or even if you are not a follower of Jesus Christ try and say what God says about you. Try and speak what God speaks about you. Try and agree with what God agrees about you. And you see in this story that Abel did not speak at all. He just brought an offering by faith. And the Bible says as a result of that, his voice still speaks. And that's why when we come together, every Sunday we have an opportunity to give. It's not just because it helps us run the church. No, my friends, it's much bigger than that. It's an opportunity to activate your faith so that your voice can make a difference in your life and leave a legacy way beyond you can ever imagine. Your faith or your faith offering is the amplification of your voice. Let's look at the next thing that happened as a result of this act of faith. A faith offering is the obtaining of a witness. 
What do I mean by that? If we go back to the first verse in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 4, this is what it says. By faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. Watch this. By faith, he was commended as righteous. He was commended as righteous. One version says, he obtained witness from God that he was righteous. Do you know what a witness is? You see this in crime dramas on television, don't you? When somebody says, well, this is what happened. And they call a witness to come take to the stands and say, hey, what's your, what's your version of the story? And the, and the witness comes forward and says, well, this is what happened. This is where I was standing. This is what I observed. And this is exactly what took place. Can you imagine? You are standing here. And God, God. God, not your pastor, not your friend, not your spouse, not your wife, not your husband, not your girlfriend, not your boyfriend, not your best friend, not your biggest fan. God decides to say, I want to stand right next to you and bear witness to the fact that this person is righteous. Think about that. What would that do to your confidence? What would that do to your prayer life? What would that do to the way you trusted Jesus? What would that do to the way you forgave people? You see, many times we, don't, we struggle with forgiving people and letting people go because we're waiting for vindication. We're waiting for our side of the story to be heard. We're waiting for people to understand the full thing before we actually let people off the hook. But what would your forgiveness look like if you knew that God was your witness that you are righteous? God was your witness that you stand here on earth with the same standing that Jesus has before God. What is righteousness? Righteousness is a gift God gives anybody who can put their faith in Jesus to know that you are, as, you are standing before God the same way that Jesus is standing. A faith offering obtains a witness. Every time you take a decision to bring an offering out of faith, not out of compulsion, not out of fear, not out of unbelief, but an offering out of faith, it brings, it brought to Abel a witness from God that he was righteous. I wonder if that could happen under the Adamic covenant. What could happen under the covenant of Jesus Christ? What could happen every time you prioritize and say, you know what, I want to live by faith. It will bring in you a witness. You see, sometimes uh, people misunderstand this, but sometimes what you need is not somebody else to pray with you. What you need is not somebody else to pray with you. Sometimes what you need is not another version of the Bible. Sometimes what you need is not another sermon. Sometimes the only thing that needs you to regain, that you need to regain, gain your confidence in God is to take a step of faith and on the back of that step you will gain this confidence God himself says I am a witness to the fact that Sujit is righteous what would that do to your confidence what would that do to your Monday, your Tuesday? What would that do to your, your working week when you have to deal with a boss that you don't like and an employee that you're irritated with or a colleague that's getting on your nerves? What would that do to your stress levels if you knew that God is bearing witness that you are righteous? The Bible says Abel received witness from God that he was righteous. How? By trying harder? By striving, by telling God how horrible a person he was. No, by faith, he brought an offering. God said, he is a righteous man. Oh my word, I, my whole life changed when I realized that God saw me righteous. I didn't, need, I didn't need people to affirm me and like me. And I didn't need people to look at me and say, oh, here's a good man. Because I knew God had affirmed me. As righteous. Let's look at the next thing that the faith offering brought for Abel. First, it brought him the amplification of his voice. Second, it brought him, a, 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 he obtained a witness from God that he was, he was righteous. What's the third thing? It is, it is the extension of your impact. We saw this earlier on, didn't we? That even though he's dead, he still speaks. I want to say to you, you can make a difference. You can make a difference by extending your impact. And here's the thing about impact. You may not see it. You may not experience it. You may not even know what it is. 
Abel, when he brought an offering, it wasn't money because back in the day, the economy of the world did not revolve around cash. It revolved around trade. And so people traded. And if you had sheep, you brought sheep and you'd bring that to somebody and they would give you rice. And that's how the economy worked. Cash came into the world much later. And those days, the way you brought an offering is that you'd bring your, your animals, your sheep, you would bring it to God. There would be a place that they built called, called an altar. It was a few set of stones and some firewood, and they placed this, this, this animal upon the altar and burn it. And so if you look at that, you're going, well, what difference is that making? Who is that blessing? Who is that touching? How, how is that going to add any difference to my life, to somebody else's life? And you see, all of those thoughts are, are, are thoughts that we've got from the world around us because we are taught that impact should look a certain way. We're told that making a difference should look a certain way. But you see, able making an impact and a difference, and who did it touch? Who did it bless? Who'd, who'd, who did that go to? No one. Because when you operate out of faith, it is the extension of your impact. Let's look at the next thing that faith offering brought. It is the amplification of your voice, it is the obtaining of a witness, it is the extension of your impact, and it's the display of your admiration. Hey, um, one of the hardest things I have ever had to do is to find the right gifts for my wife. I find it so difficult because I think, oh man, what's she going to like? And times I, I buy something and she doesn't like it. And then I try and buy something else and she doesn't like it. And I think, I thought you liked that. No, she doesn't like that anymore. And it's like, I wish I could, I could display my admiration. I just wish I knew what I could get. And so when it comes to a birthday or a wedding anniversary, I'm thinking, oh man, what do I get? What do I get? What do I get? Anybody else like me? Oh man, I'm the only one. Paul, thank you. Thank you. A few honest people in the building. But it's, it's the faith offering is the display of your admiration. How do I know that? If we go back to Genesis chapter 4, the second verse that we looked at, this is what it says. Over the course of time, Abel also brought an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. Fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. You see, he was a farmer and, 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 the, and, and the sheep were, were giving birth. And when, when the first, first flock came, he said, you know what? I, I want to give the fat portions. I want to give the first flock to God. He didn't give God what was left over. He didn't give God. God wasn't an afterthought. He, he, he had admiration for God that, that, that he would give God his best. Think about our lives the things that we spend our faith on, the things that we spend our money on, shows where our priorities are, shows where our value is. Can I ask you a question? What about Jesus? What about God? What about the things of God? What about his church? Isn't he worth something? Hasn't he given you more than any other person in the world? Hasn't he put you first? Hasn't he rescued you? Hasn't he loved you? Hasn't he given everything he could to make sure that he has lavished his love for you? And when we become aware of that, we have to display our admiration to God. And that's why many times when I bring an offering, I'm worshiping at the same time. That's why every time an offering is announced here, we will hear somebody say, hey, it's offering time, but it's the extension of our worship. Why? Because it is the display of our admiration. We are saying to God, God, we love you. We admire you. We appreciate you. And that's why Abel brought just the fat, the fat portions of the first flock of everything that he had. It is the display of your admiration. Let's look at what faith offering does next or what did next for Abel. It is the proof of your priority. It is the proof of your priority. He brought the fat portions of the first flock. So it is not just the display of his affection. It is the proof of his priority. I remember when I was, and I've said this many times before, and uh, if you haven't heard the story, I'll say it for your benefit. 
I remember when I was 10 years old, my mom and dad, who were both followers of Jesus Christ, started to give me pocket money. I started receiving pocket money when I was about 10 years old. My pocket money at the time was 50p a month. And that means my tithe money was 5p for the month. That would make it about a penny a week. Or if it was, if it was a four-week four, four, four Sunday, it would be a little over a penny a week. If it was a five-week Sunday, that would be a penny a week. And every time we would come into the presence of God, my dad would say, hey, you've got to prioritize God. God should be important to your life. The presence of God should matter to you. The, the, the gathering together of God's people should matter to you. The word of God should matter to you. And do you know that our mind is renewed by two things? Our mind is renewed by revelation and our mind is renewed by repetition. These are the two things that causes us to have a new mindset about what God is doing. And I want to encourage you, whether you're a Christian or not Christian, you know that change only happens through repetition. Many times when I've said, oh, I'm going to lose weight, and then I do it once. I'm good for lunch, and then by dinner, all of my diet plans are gone. And I can't say, I wonder why God didn't help me. That wasn't God. That was me and my love for food. Because repetition is what brings results. And repetition is something that we've got to get into our minds because repetition is what brings a new mindset. I'm not a scientist. I'm not a doctor. But any little person, any person who has uh, studied a bit of science will know that we think thoughts because neurons in our brains are firing. So every time you think a thought, it becomes easier to think that thought the next time. One of the reasons why we take children and babies to all sorts of playgroups, sensory playgroups, touch playgroups, playgroups that, that have got climbing things, they've got music, they've got all sorts of things, is because we're trying to get as many neurons in their brains to fire as possible because they can then get creative, they can get clever, it helps with the development of their brain. So both the Bible and science agree on this one fact that your life is traveling in the direction of your strongest thought. If you wanted to learn a language, I can't come and lay hands on you and hope that you learn Spanish. If you don't know Spanish, how does it happen? It happens through repetition. That is how your mind is renewed. And every time you prioritize God, you're saying something to yourself. What are you saying? God is important. Jesus is first. He is worth it. The church of Jesus is worth it. The kingdom of God is worth it. The kingdom of God needs to be first in my life. The Bible says this, that if you will seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then everything else will be added to you. A faith offering was the proof of Abel's priority. He bought the fat portions of the first flock to God. Not out of pressure, not to twist God's arm, but by faith. And even though he's dead, he still speaks. Can I encourage you? Put Jesus first. You will not regret it. I remember the days when I would bring a penny to church. One P. That's all it was. One P. My mom and dad would give me one P in my hand. And we would come to church and I'd put it in. That repetition taught me something. Jesus is important. I didn't understand it all. I didn't completely understand the revelation of everything it was. But it created a pattern in my mind that there was something. If it was important enough for my parents. If it was important enough for my mom and dad. It made me question. What is it about Jesus? The has to be important in my own life. Of course, I then eventually went on my own journey and I discovered Jesus for myself. I'm not doing it because they told me to do it, but it it created in me a mindset that told me, prioritize God. It's important to mom. It's important to dad. And can I encourage those of you who are parents who've got little children, prioritize God. Prioritize the church. Prioritize worship. Prioritize the Bible. I'm not saying I'm an expert at raising kids. I'm talking about my mom and dad. They prioritize that. And it taught something. It taught something to my brain, to my mind, to say, hey, if this, why is this so important to mom? Why is the so important to dad. It surely has got to do something that's, that's, that's really precious to them. And so that created in me uh, a desire to prioritize God. A faith offering is the proof of your priority. Let's look at the next one that a faith offering brought. It is uh, the amplification of our voice. We saw that already. Go to the next one. It is the catalyst for extraordinary favor. The catalyst for extraordinary favor. Let's go back to that verse in Genesis chapter 4. This is what it says. Genesis chapter 4, we don't have that verse. But it says that as Abel brought this offering 
to God. The Bible says God looked on favor at Abel's offering. God looked on favor. One version says God had respect for Abel's offering. What am I saying? What does favor look like? I'm not talking about salvation favor. I'm not talking about favor that causes you to be forgiven. Anything that you have as an identity in God happens because of the finished work of Jesus. You cannot add to that. You cannot subtract to that. You can't twist God's arm to have more favor in your life. But the way favor works is that apart from the saving grace of Jesus Christ, you and I can walk in divine favor in areas of our life by the seeds that we sow. That's why even in the new covenant, it says that God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, he will reap. If you sow in the flesh, you will reap destruction from the flesh. If you will sow in the spirit, you will reap life from the spirit. That is new covenant. And so if I go out into the garden and if I stand in front of my garden, I wish I could do this. I am not good at DIY. I'm not good at gardening. I'm not good at taking care of my house. I have a set of very strong skills, but there are certain skills I am pathetic at. And that is not an understatement. That is the truth. But I wish I could go to the garden, look at that piece of ground and say, in the name of Jesus, roses come out. And it won't. I wish I could. In the name of Jesus, let there be lawn. And there was lawn. Wouldn't that be amazing? I'd love that. Because all of that is the result of sowing and reaping. It's the result of gardening. I wish I could walk into the kitchen and say, in the name of Jesus, let the roast be ready. And there was roast. And it wouldn't happen. Why? Because all of that is the result of process. And how many of you know that we don't need rockets, you don't need to be a rocket scientist to know that some people are better at gardening than others. Some people are better at cooking than others. Some people are better at singing than others. They could all be filled with the same Holy Spirit, filled with the same Jesus, putting their trust in the same God, reading the same Bible, but some of us are favored or have a grace in certain areas more than others. You don't even need to be a Christian to agree with that. And you know in this story that the Bible says, says as soon as God looked upon Abel's offering it says he looked upon him with favor and I know that there are times I've looked back at my life and saying there are certain things in my life God I find so difficult I find it so difficult to do this I'll tell you one thing you might not believe this I found it so difficult to speak publicly I remember the first time I had to speak publicly I was about 16 years old and the the first job I was given was to, um, no, no, let me tell you a story before that. Yeah, let me tell you this story. When I was 16 years old, I had to speak publicly. All I had to do is grab a microphone and read a verse from the Bible into the microphone. And I remember being so nervous that my knees were shaking. I thought it was actually a phrase, you know, it was something of a saying that, that people used to say, oh, my knees are shaking. I didn't realize that they actually shook when people were nervous. And I remember hearing, I'm not joking, hearing my knees knocking against each other and it was the sound of thinking what is that sound it was my knees knocking against each other because I was so nervous about speaking into a microphone all I had to do was read one verse from the Bible I was so nervous I couldn't do that when I was a kid I was so painfully shy that if anybody came to visit home I would quickly run into my bedroom and lock the door because I couldn't face the public I remember one time when I was 15 years old I was in high school and uh, one of my classmates found out that I was a Christian and he said oh you're a Christian I said yes I am hey you know one of the things that we have we have uh, something called Christian Union here in in school and uh, we meet once a week during lunchtime you should come uh, and uh, I'm like oh gosh man how, what do I do now because if this guy knows I'm a Christian and uh, and he says I should come uh, if I say I know I don't want to come what's that going to make me look like so I decided to go and uh, so I went to this Christian Union club during lunchtime. There's a group of students there, and it was going. I found my way to the back, sat at the back, and I'm hoping that nobody would notice me. My friend happened to be leading that meeting that day, and uh, halfway through, the, midway through the meeting, not midway, yeah, just maybe midway through the meeting, he said, we're going to pray now, and uh, Sujith is going to lead us in prayer. And I remember thinking, oh my word, I wish the world would just swallow and open up and swallow me. And so I put on a brave face because I know how to do that. And I stood up and I prayed the best prayer I could and I, and I, and I sat down. 
And I thought to myself, I am never coming back to this place ever again. And so the meeting went on for a bit and there was another time and another moment in prayer. And uh, I, I was glad because one of the things Christians do to concentrate on prayer is they close their eyes. So mid-meeting, the next opportunity for prayer, at the same meeting, at the same meeting, the opportunity came for prayer again and people closed their eyes. Somebody else was praying. I ran out of the building and never went back again. True story. I was so shy. I know today that I have the favor of God to speak. I know. I'm confident in that gift. I know that I can do that. And I want to tell you, it did not happen by biology. It did not happen by genetics. It did not happen because I tried hard. It did not happen because I went to a learning school, a teaching school, a speaking school, how to stand, how to speak, how to act. No, I know that the reason I communicate the word of God with clarity, precision, and power is because of the favor of God that is on my life. And I want to say to you, some of you are sitting here saying, I will never be able to do A, B, C, D. It's not my gift. It's not my area. But I want to introduce you to something that I have enjoyed in my life over and over again. It is called the favor of God. And when God favors you, there are things in your life that you thought you would never do that God will always begin, all of a sudden begin to download the supernatural ability onto your life. So the things that you thought you will never do you'll begin to do again and I want to encourage you if you are struggling in an area yes prayer is good yes praise is good yes all of these things are good but one of the things I have consistently practiced in my life over 20-30 years is that every time I have found myself struggling in an area by faith I will bring an offering and I will sow it and say in the name of Jesus as I sow this offering I receive divine favor that that which is difficult for me is going to become easy not because of my hard work but because of favor and that is possible in your life and in my life I know several of you many many of you have already participated in the faith offering but I bet you did not know that favor is coming down your way chasing you down overtaking you and your kids and in the coming weeks and days and months expect things that seem so difficult so dreary so 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 slow in going for for it to be suddenly easy not because of any magic but because of the favor of God if you know that you have the favor of God on your life why don't you clap your hands and appreciate Jesus for all the times he helped you he held you he stood with you he gave you strength courage confidence you know it was not because of you you know it was not because of your strength you know it was not because of your hard work it was God it was God he brought you through he pulled you through he stood with you the favor of God is what makes it happen aren't you grateful for the favor of God aren't you grateful for the kindness of God some of us have been been places where we would have we've made some stupid mistakes and some of the things that we've done, other people have done, they're either in jail, in a mental hospital, or six feet under the ground. But here you are, standing, still praising, still talking. The devil could not get you. Guess what that was? Your hard work? No. Your smartness? No. Your education? No. Favor was on your side. And if it wasn't for God on your side, you wouldn't be here. And you know, and I know, that the goodness of God makes divine exemptions in places that you think, oh gosh, this is difficult. But you are here because of God. Hey, you're not here today by accident. You're not here just because you booked in on our website. You're not here just because somebody gave you an invite to come to Beacon Church. You are here because God has a plan and a purpose. You should have been dead long time ago. But here you are. Many people who've gone through what, they've got, what you've gone through have committed suicide. They've been murdered. They've lost their minds. They've lost their health. They've lost everything. But why are you here on the first Sunday of June in Beacon Church listening to the Word of God? It was not an accident. God is on your side. Favor is on your side. Can I encourage you? Some of you, the reason you're here is not because you had faith. 
It was somebody else who had faith for you. Somebody else was praying for you. Some of you've had mums. Some of you've had dads. Some of you've had Christians in that town. Prayer walking your street. You didn't even know their name. You didn't even know where they were from. Some of you are in this town and you don't even know why you are here. And often there are people here saying, oh man, I'm from Yorkshire. I'm from this country. I'm from that country. I've flown over from here. I don't know why I'm in Barry St. Edmonds. And well, well I'm just going to make the most of it. I'm going to walk the streets of Barry St. Edmonds and pray prayers of blessing. I recently had a meeting with uh, Pastor David Oakley, uh, who is the senior pastor at West Road Church um, uh, and uh, West Road Church and Wesley Community Church. Uh, they're rebranding soon to be the Bridge Church, uh, the Bridge Church, and they're here. and uh, And I said, David, hey, welcome. Hey, um, and uh, he said, yeah, no, I decided to walk. I said, why were you walking? I decided to come an hour early. I knew our appointment was at this time, but I decided to come an hour early. So why did you come an hour early? I thought I'd just walk the Howard Estate, point at every street, point at every street door pointed every house and say this house will serve the Lord and this house will serve the Lord people in this house will have a touch of God you are the product of somebody else's faith if Abel's faith is still speaking I wonder what you are going to be in 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 receiving as a result of somebody else's faith and so I want to encourage you if you've had a mom if you've had a dad who's prayed for you who's sown in your on your behalf make it count don't waste it they've prayed for you they've wept for you your pastors prayed for you people in this church have prayed for you people you don't know have prayed for you they've sown for you they've taken steps of faith for you and there is favor waiting for you all you need to do is open your eyes and decide yes actually that's true why am I still alive why am I here on a Sunday morning why is it that my friends are not here and I'm here why is it that my siblings are not here and I'm here there is only one possible explanation Jesus loves you you were not meant to die before your time and before your time is over you will leave a legacy so that other people's lives are touched and impacted because of you extraordinary favor The catalyst for extraordinary favor is faith offering. God looked at Abel's offering with respect. I love that version. With favor. He looked at it and went, that's great. Do you know there is no, there's nothing that I can do or there's nothing my children can do that will cause them to, that will cause me to love them more or, or love them any less. And that is God. But there are times that they do things that bring me great pleasure, bring me great joy, bring me great favor. Because they'll say things or do things that make me go, that's great. There are also times they do things that make me go, "Um, man, what side of the bed did you get out of this morning? It's not that I'm loving them any less just that they're not giving me pleasure at that moment. They're not giving me life at that moment. See, one question you should never ask again is whether God loves you. That's done. He does. The question we're asking is, do you love God? The question we should never ask again is, does he, is he pleased with you? Of course he is. You should never ask that question again. The question we're asking is, when was the last time you took a step to bring pleasure to him? And you pleased him. See, God is not just this force that we can't touch or feel. He is a person and he has a personality. The Bible says in different areas that there are times he's grieved. There are times he's pleasured. There are times he's happy. There are times he's focused. There are times, in fact, I love this. This is my favorite one. There's even a verse in the Bible where it says God whistles. I love that. Because I'm trying to picture God whistling. What would that sound look like? What I'm saying is God has a personality and you can do something that can cause your life to have extraordinary favor. I want to take a moment to pray right now. If you know that God has been good to you, if you know that God's favor has chased you down and hunted you down, if you know that God's will for your life is is not just for you to exist, but that even way, way, way after you are gone, 
your voice will still speak, then I want to pray for you. Jesus loves you. You're not going to do anything to love, make him love you more or love less. But a faith offering is an opportunity to make a decision to say, God, I want to amplify my voice. I want to put you first. I want to bring pleasure to you and to every person who has given into that offering. I want you to remember these points because this is your inheritance. This is your heritage. These are the blessings you will reap in the coming days and weeks and months. Oh, I am convinced of it. Without a shadow of a doubt, I am convinced that if this is the impact an Adamic covenant could have, that the covenant of the Son of Jesus, the Son of God, Jesus Christ, will have an impact that's even greater than this. Extraordinary favor. Wouldn't that be great? Extraordinary favor in your marriage. Things that you found really difficult all of a sudden is easy. Extraordinary favor in your mind. Things that you really find you're struggling to, to shake off in your mind and your emotions. Extraordinary favor. Things that are just really difficult at work. Extraordinary favor. Father, in the name of Jesus, I want to thank you for every person that has participated in our faith offering. We thank you for the incredible favor that is coming our way. We thank you for the amplification of our voice. Father, we pray in Jesus' name that every person will have their voice amplified. We thank you that every person will have a witness, that God is the witness, that they are the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Never again to feel sorrowful, never again to feel shame, never again to feel condemnation, but to feel confidence in the presence of God. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that there will be an extension of our impact, that there will be a display of our admiration, there will be a prioritizing of all of our decision to say, Lord, we put you first. And Lord, we pray for extraordinary favor. I want to do something today that um, I don't often do, but I thought since we're in this moment, I'll do it. If you feel today you've heard something that has dramatically shifted the way you think, you think, man, there used to be something, I used to think about certain things a certain way, but I've heard something today that has completely changed the way I think. If that's you, I want to pray for you. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to get you to come to the front. For a moment of concentration privacy, all of our eyes are closed and our heads are bowed. You don't have to do it. If it helps you concentrate, by all means, do it. <laughs> if, you've got, if you're a young parent and you've got kids on your lap, by all means, please do not close your eyes. Pay attention to your children. Whatever helps you concentrate, please do it. If you think, oh man, I heard something today and it was like, wow, it was a eureka moment. It, it shifted the way I thought about something. The reason I'm saying this is before I started the service today, I, I was praying with a friend. This is my weekly practice. I, I pray and prepare before every Sunday with friends who have people with great faith and one of my friends said to me hey I see this Sunday being a Sunday where God is changing mind shifts mindsets shifting mindsets you think God I I, think, I see clearly now I, I, I was so confused but I've got clarity I, I thought I had to be somebody to make a difference all I need is to take a step of faith and I can create an impact that will outlive my life. You, you heard something today that you thought, oh, that has brought clarity, that has brought freedom, that is a new way of thinking. What I want to do is, I want to just pray for you that that thinking becomes permanent. Because how many of you know that you can think a thought and then after a while you can go back to your old way of thinking again? I want to, to pray that your thinking is solidified. If you said, oh, I heard something today that has dramatically changed the way I think about life, the way I think about money, the way I think about faith, the way I think about an offering. Because all change in your life happens in your mind first. 
And if it happens in your mind, it will soon manifest in your healing, in your health, in your marriage, in your children, in your family. That's you. May I just see your hands if you say, I, th I got a thought. Who am I praying for? Thank you. 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 Anyone else that says, I had a thought. I had a moment of clarity. I had a revelation. Thank you. Thank you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that this revelation will become permanent. That this seed of the word of God will not be stolen, will not be, will not be stolen by a lack of understanding. That the seed of the word of God will become permanent. That it will not be choked by the cares of the world, the desires of the world or the flesh. That the seed will have deep root and it will bear fruit, 30, 60, 100 fold fruit in all of our lives. And to every person who has participated in the faith offering, for every person who has lifted their hands and said something dramatically shifted about my understanding, about a thought I can see clearly now, I can hear clearly, I feel a weight has lifted. I pray in Jesus' name, extraordinary favor. Extraordinary favor. Extraordinary favor. May it reach our lives. In the name of Jesus. I want to pray one more prayer. If you've never been a follower of Jesus Christ, or if you've been a follower of Jesus Christ once upon a time, but it's been many years since you've walked with God, and you'd like to take a decision to recommit your life to Jesus, I want to give you an opportunity to do that. I'll lead you in a very simple prayer. Those of us who are followers of Jesus Christ will also pray that prayer with you so that you can have confidence to know that you're not praying on your own. If you don't know who Jesus is and if you want to put your trust in Jesus, pray this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, I believe that you died and that you rose again. I give you my life and I receive yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, I feel like I need to pray for one more prayer. A few weeks ago, we had something here in church called Pentecost Sunday. We've been hearing stories of people being filled with the Holy Spirit, baptized, speaking in the gift of languages. I want to pray that God's Holy Spirit will begin to work in your life right now. Wherever you are, can you just say, Holy Spirit, I desire you. Fill my life. Fill my life. Holy Spirit, come. Fill every life. Lift every burden. Heal every body. Bring freedom that only you can. Can I ask you one last question? What's the one thing that you're going to do? You're going to obey as you leave here. Maybe for some of you, it's a decision to get baptized. Maybe for some of you, it is a desire to be intimate with the Holy Spirit. For some of you, it is to operate in gifts that you think are difficult for you, but God's favor is on you. For some of you, it may be to participate in our faith offering. For some of you, it may be to go home and celebrate because you did not know all these blessings were attached to a faith offering. Oh yes, my friends, if these are the blessings attached to a faith offering in the Old Covenant, in the Adamic Covenant, how about now? Maybe you need to go home and celebrate that. Whatever it is, think about it. Make a decision. Make a note in your phone. Remember to text somebody and say, hey, this is what I'm going to do this week as a result of what I've Holy Spirit, come and fill every heart. Heal every body. If you, if you are sick in your body, if you have pain or an infection or a disease, we also believe that our God can divinely bring healing. If you're able to publicly, just lay your hand on the part that you are sick or you have pain. If you're not able to, don't do that. But I believe Jesus can heal. Father, I pray for every person that's got migraine headaches, back problems, blood issues and imbalances. 
eating disorders and mental health disorders that are preventing people from sleeping at night. Emotional and mental wounds that are preventing husband and wife to be intimate and to build a marriage. Father, in the name of Jesus, bring healing now. Bring healing now. Every disease, illness, ailment healed by the power of the blood of Jesus. Heal now. Freedom comes now. Wholeness comes now. In Jesus' name. If you're able to, wherever you are, stand. We're going to finish by worshipping, by singing another song. You've been sad for a while. Stretch your legs if you can. You don't have to if you don't want to. You prefer to be seated. That's fine. We're, a song is going to come up on screen. We're going to sing that in our hearts. We're going to lift our hands if we can. We're going to respond and worship whichever way we can. So if you're able to at this moment, will you stand? Will you stand, please? That'll be great. Let's play this song if we can, please. And let's worship.
Let's lift our hands together for a blessing. Father, we thank you for favor. We thank you for glory. We thank you for grace. We thank you for uncommon favor that is coming our way. We thank you, Jesus, that what is difficult for us this week will become easy. We thank you favor in our spirit, favor in our mind, favor in our emotions, favor in our bodies, favor with our health, favor at work, favor in our money, favor in our relationships, favor in our recreation, favor in our decisions, favor in everything that is taking time, favor in anything that's slowing us down, favor in our mindsets, favor in the way we speak, favor in the way we text people, we call people. A Beacon Church will be known as the most favored bunch of people as I've ever seen because of Jesus. By faith, Abel brought an offering that was more acceptable than Cain's. And God commended him as righteous because of his offering. And Abel, even though he's dead, still speaks. Father, we thank you that as a result of our faith in Jesus, every person under the sound of my voice will have legacy that outlasts them, their children, their children's children, Lord, hundreds and thousands of years later, Abel is still speaking under the Adamic covenant. We thank you today that Dave's voice will still be speaking, that Paul's voice will still be speaking, that Abby's voice will still be speaking, that Sarah's voice will still be speaking, that Claire's voice will still be speaking, that Linda's voice will still be speaking. Every person seated here, standing here, listening here, listening in future broadcasts on our YouTube channel, we thank you that our voice will be speaking, John will be speaking, Pat will be speaking. We thank you, Lord, that Faye will be speaking, Vanessa will be speaking. Thank you that this thing called faith is not just for here and now for years and years to come thank you that our lives will make a difference may we act in faith today in Jesus name amen come on appreciate Jesus if you know you've got favor hallelujah hallelujah God is good God is good amen amen Fantastic. Listen, next week, Grayson Jones is with us. Book your seat right now. Uh, please collect your children. We are able to socialize indoors, but no more than groups of six or two households. Uh, stick around. Say hello to a few people. Booking now open for next Sunday. Have a fantastic week. Enjoy the favor of God. God bless.